You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Jesus tells us plainly about the devil's two chief works. The devil lies and he murders. Jesus says, the devil was a murderer from the beginning does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, these two works of lying and murdering are not independent of one another, but one depends upon the other, and Jesus explains it this way, because where the truth is attacked, where it's replaced with a lie, then murder will sure to be there to follow. So how does that work? How is it that false words leads to bodily destruction? The fact of the matter is, most of us don't give words enough credit, right? We underestimate the effect of our words on other people. How much more so do we underestimate the efficacy and the power of God's word? By and through this word, he created, ordered, and blesses his creation. Anything that is true or noble or good in the entire universe must be in accord and in concert with this word by which God laid the foundations of reality. The scriptures are a record of all of the Lord's instituting words so that we would know without a doubt that our actions and our words must bless and honor what God has fixed into place. The things that he has fixed into place to to sustain and to care for the life that he has created. And so some of you, I guess, dance at wedding receptions. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I've decided that it's godly. And here's why. Because you heard the Lord Bless the groom and the bride in your hearing. Uh, You give your parents a call on the day of their anniversary because through their union, your Heavenly Father brought you into this life. What do you do when you buy a new house? Uh, You open a bottle of champagne, you celebrate. You celebrate because the Lord protects this possession that he has given to you with his commandment. And he uses this gift to give your family safety and comfort. You see, dear saints, the the Lord wants you to live. He, He wants to take care of you. And so that in quietness and peace, you hear his holy word and you learn to pray. Now, when his institutions are attacked, uh, the same things that the Lord has established for your life and the protection of your life, how can we expect anything else other than destruction and death to follow? And this is exactly what the devil wants. He wants your spiritual and physical death. Your, Your entire life to collapse into chaos and then to disintegrate into oblivion. When the word fails to to govern 
and direct our lives, when our faith has been slain by the devil's lies, our bodies follow. And in fact, it's true. We know that children need their parents, moms and dads. They can't survive without them. They just can't. Anarchy, as attractive as this apparently is to some people as a feasible political philosophy, will not punish wickedness, nor does it praise virtue. These are the works of the devil. It's to murder those things that God creates and defends. And with the intent to murder, the serpent spoke to Eve so that he could destroy her. Now, it's interesting to me how the devil's lies in the garden mirror the same lies that he tells to Christ in the wilderness. There's three of them. And St. Matthew preserves the order in his gospel as they appear in the book of Genesis. The first is to doubt God's kindness and his care for his creation and his promises to continue to do so. The second is to flat out to deny and attack the substance of the promises themselves, to, 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 to claim that these are not actually God's words. And then finally, the devil tempts us with the idea that there are greater things than God's word. That there is knowledge to be gained that will make you wise, even like God. Which really means to possess his power and his authority beyond and beyond and outside of his word. The devil uses the same pattern in line of attack today. Uh, the first lie always attacks the church and the comfort that you gain by hearing God's voice. The false doctrines, the heresies, and the errors are all designed by the devil to rob you of being able to call upon God as your father, to pray to him as dear children pray to their dear father. Because why is that? Because you're never sure about God's kindness or goodness, once you actually ask the question, did God actually say? And once that doubt enters your hearts and your minds, there is really no turning back. It's the end of the gospel, forgiveness and hope. You're left to figure it out on your own, and quickly the other two lies follow on this lie's heels. I mean, it sounds crazy, right? I mean, if God has created this whole garden for his creatures to sustain and to nourish them, uh, why would he hold anything back from Adam and Eve? Why would he set aside a tree that would be for them death and condemnation? What is he holding back? What is he, what is he not giving to Adam and Eve? And so we ask ourselves also, is God holding back from us? Did he actually say that today he would give you your daily bread. What if he doesn't? Did God actually say that he pays attention to his, to his creatures, or does he merely create them and then goes off on his own and lets us fend for ourselves? Did God actually say that he loves you? Uh, it makes sense that God would love good people who do good works, but a sinner like you? Did God really say that he sent his only begotten son into this world to die for your sin? Did God really say that he forgives you for Christ's sake? 
what if these words that we thought we heard from the Lord, what if they're not even true? And so in this way, the first lie folds into the second. If God's word can't be trusted, if we're not sure of his kindness, then he must be lying. And so he sa- if he says that you'll die if you eat from that tree, well, he must not be telling us the truth. And so the devil says, you will not surely die. Forget about what your heavenly father says. You're not even sure if he loves you. Why would he kill you for doing something so innocuous, you know? It's a piece of fruit. It's taking a bite. How can that deserve death? How can a God who punishes somebody for eating a piece of fruit be worthy of your love and your, and your trust and your faith? Why would he punish us for, huh, for being lazy at work because we're mad at our boss? Why would he kill us for chasing after uh, the love of our lives, even if that means forsaking our spouse? Love is supposed to win, right? And so you think to yourself, this can't possibly be just or good. All these things that we've heard from the Lord in his word, they've got to be lies. And so the implication, dear saints, is clear. There has to be a better word out there than God's word. (laughs) And it turns out it's an unholy mixture between the devil's words and your own words. Now, listen to this. For God knows that when you eat of it, these are Satan's words, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so do you see it? The devil says, you must step outside and beyond and and leave behind you all this simple and plain preaching of God and his word. There, You have to do something else to get at the things that God doesn't want to give you. That's the goal to see what you're capable of. If only you follow me down this path. Now Eve ate, and she gave something to her husband, and he ate. Their eyes were opened, and for the very, very first time, they saw corruption, sin, And for the very first time, they felt, even within their own bodies, death. Their righteousness was gone. Instead of bearing that before their Heavenly Father, they bore shame. And so they hid themselves from the Lord, trying to sew together fig leaves to cover their shame. But I'm sorry, fig leaves are not a good replacement for your God-given righteousness. Now, there's this hymn that we sing, and it's called this, All Mankind Fell in Adam's Fall, When Common Sin Infects Us All. From sire to son, the bane descends, and over all the curse impends. Now, what they did had lasting implications. You and I are children of wrath. That's our heritage from Adam. It's enmity with God, friendship with the devil, and it's the stink of death. St. Paul writes, Sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men, because all sinned. And there's no excuse. 
We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Death reigns in the bodies of people like you and me who didn't even sin the exact same sin of Adam, but we were still conceived with his corruption and his guilt. And in fact, when you look around you and you look at the world, what do you see? Uh, You see the devil's works have seemingly won. God's word is despised. Sin and shame abound. Death reigns. And ignored as much as we want, no one has ever escaped its cold jaws. Except for one. St. John writes, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy your sin and your death, even the sin and the death that are threatening to reign in your body right now. He destroyed these works of the devil by bearing your sin and by suffering your death. By his cross and passion, the lying serpent's head was crushed. And Christ's own feet, to this very day, still bear the marks of the serpent's bite. His accusation of damnation unto death and hell. Now, for Jesus, these marks of his passion, he doesn't bear them with shame. They're his glory, and they're your comfort. He's mortally wounded, and behold, Christ lives. Eternal life reigns in his resurrected body. St. Paul tells us that Adam was a type of Christ. That is, uh, he, he, he is sort of, uh, he resembles some aspects of who Christ is. But only insofar as the scope of their work extends to all men. Through Adam, you get sin and death. Through Christ, you obtain righteousness and life. St. Paul writes, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. And so you see, that's where the comparison stops. And St. Paul says, the free gift is not like the trespass. It's better. Christ's righteousness and life have overcome sin and death for all people. And that includes you. Christ's righteousness reigns in your bodies right now. And the result is your resurrected life. God does not lie. And tonight, he tells you, as sin reigned in death, Grace now reigns through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Christ is greater than Adam. Christ is greater than the devil that deceived Adam. And he's greater than the devil who even magnifies in your own consciences, in your own hearts, the depth and the magnitude of your sin, as if it's beyond the strength of the Son of God's divine and atoning blood. But this, the devil's work, is destroyed. Christ reigns in this world of death now by his word of life. You have his baptism. You feast on his divine flesh and blood. You take comfort in his voice. So you're done with death, even if you should die tomorrow. Can you imagine? Even if you have to suffer today, you're done with it. Because Christ's life, right now, is reigning in your body. 
To God alone be the glory. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.